Hello, listeners, and welcome to the very first inaugural episode of Summer Hot Topics presented by Champion Life Center Guelph. We are a local church recording right here from Guelph, Ontario in beautiful Canada. And with me is an even more beautiful set of people. I have here with me a beautiful set of panelists, not panelists, people, people here with me. And before we begin diving into the topics and all the things we have planned for our beautiful listeners today, we have a fun um, icebreaker game to do first. Yeah. Is everyone okay with that? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. For those that are listening with the audio version, just use your imagination real well. <laughs> I will show everyone here a baby photo, and our job is to guess who it is. Once we guess who it is, that person will then introduce themselves to the rest of the listeners. All right, the first one we have up today is oh. this. Oh. Huh. Definitely you. <gasps> Wait, no, it's Myla. I, I think it's, I think it's it Myla. Myla. I think it's Myla. Is it Briner? <laughs> <laughs> and the panelists oh, confirm you know. or deny who they are. It is me. Oh. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? And me, oh, I thought the person who got it right was... Okay, okay, oh. yeah. Um, I'm Myla. I don't know where to look, but... Um, yes. Look at me. Okay, <laughs> my name's my Myla. Um, and we agreed that we do favorite food. So for me, my favorite food is my mom's poco pandan, which is Aww. like a type so of dessert, Filipino dessert. You can Google it if you want. <laughs> Very nice. All right, second... One we have here. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously Brian. It's Brian to our, our live studio audience as well. Wow. Any guesses? Oh it looks like Anna. <laughs> yes. And who's the mom of Anna? Uh, Anna's mom. Happy. Yeah, that's me. So I'm happy. Very happy. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay, and my favorite food is sushi. Mm. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. All right, next photo. We ha- I'm going to show the studio audience first. Change it up a little bit. Change it up. All right, showing mm. our crew now. Which one? The one holding the <laughs> Is that Angel? Janelle. Oh, wait. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. It is Janelle. Wow. Oh, sorry. Oh, is that Janelle? No. Oh. Oh. I'm Janelle, and I've been, my favorite food changes every day, but I'm going to (laughs) say milkfish or bangus. All right, next up. So cool. Oh, handsome boy. Handsome boy. It's Josh. Josh, yeah. Josh. Backwards high. Got the dance move already. I like his stance. His pose. His stance. It is very. It is a very swaggy baby picture. All right. Next up. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, sorry. He has to introduce himself. Hi, guys. My name is Josh. Uh, I love Korean food. Does that count? Is that or you need specific? I will, I will take or, Korean okay, food. Yeah. There yes. we go. All right. Last but not least, because some people didn't submit, including myself. Angel. Angel. Yes. So cute. <laughs> I love the hair. My mom tried to always dress me up like a doll when I was a kid. So. Aww. Um, hi everyone, I'm Angel, and I guess my favorite food is my dad's adobo. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, uh, look it up on Google. 
Amazing. Um, some people, including myself, did not submit a baby photo, so we'll just do a brief introduction. I'm Christine, and I will be the host for today, and this is... Your favorite food. My favorite food is poutine. I'm a true Canadian. Mm. Wow. Even though I probably said it wrong. Is it poutine? Poutine? Poutine. Poutine, poutine is something like in that Russia. Where you are. Same thing. <laughs> we don't talk about it. Oh, no, we're going to get blocked. <laughs> we're going to get blocked. All right. Last but not least. Hi, I'm Briner, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite food is anything barbecue. Ooh. Yummy. Yum. The assorted, like, exotic food, mm -hmm. like barbecue in Philippines. So. Yum. Look it up. The charcoal. Highly recommended. Now I know what to cook all of you for your birthdays, <laughs> I guess. Korean food? Just all of it? All of Korean food. <laughs> Well, the reason um, I chose at least to do the baby photo as our start is because today's topic is about relationships. And so the first portion, I guess, of the podcast we're going to be talking about is relationships in terms of family. So I thought I would start with baby photos because we're all babies at one point and we're all born into some type of family, whether that looks like a traditional family or not. Some type of family is something we all can relate to. And speaking about food, I wanted to ask all of you, I think this is the first time all of us have had a conversation similar with the, this group of people. So I would love to know a bit more about uh, a bit about your family background. So the first question I have, I'm going to throw it out to a specific person in a second, but I would, I would want you to, to describe what a typical family dinner looked like for you as a child, you know, who was at the table, what kind of food was at the table, seems like we're all talking about food, um, who did the cooking, what were the favorite foods, what did you talk about at the family table, and since I don't want to answer this, I'm going to throw this to my sister, Myla, way up Money. there. Um, so, Christine, I'll share for both Christine and me, Thank two you. in one answer. So for, for my family, which consisted of Christine, me, uh, my mom and dad, and my two older brothers, we tried to have like a, a dinner together as often as we could. My dad did have, like depending on the day, he might not have come because he had night shifts and stuff like that. But for the most part, I remember as a kid, we would always try and have dinner. We got older and we weren't able to do it as often. But as a kid, I remember we tried. Um, and I think on the dinner table, rice, you know, staple, <laughs> staple for um, dinner. And then my mom was the one who did a lot of the cooking. But my dad did help um, whenever he was free or able to, to cook. And I think our food was like a mix of Filipino food and like food that was easy to, and quick to, to, to cook. So like easy made stuff, more so because I think there was like four kids <laughs> and we had, it was hard, I'm sure, for my parents to get something like right away, not exactly gourmet, but that was typically for me what like a family dinner looked like. Interesting, very interesting. <laughs> She's like, news to me. I totally did not to even me. I'm not sure about that one. Wow. I'm not sure about that one. You have a sister? Oh, she yeah. She sounds amazing. She's the greatest host. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw this one. Oh, who should I do next? Ooh. 
Can I ask Angel? I would love to hear. Yeah, for sure. So my family actually has been hosting international students for, uh, I don't know, since I was 11. And so at the dinner table, there would always be a different person. And I liked it because um, I only have one brother. And so I felt like I was growing up with multiple siblings. And I got to learn about different cultures and cuisines and whatnot. And it was usually my dad who was cooking. He would he works night shift as well. And so before he goes to bed, he would like cook. And then he's like, OK, peace. I'm leaving I'm gonna go sleep so yeah um my mom really made it a thing that none of us should eat alone we should have at least like a parent with us a sibling or a a student and it was it was really nice I feel like a lot of the most uh genuine conversations I've had was at the dinner table yeah yeah that sounds amazing like being able to have a conversation with like a different culture whenever yeah exactly it was really amazing yeah yeah for sure Since 11. Yeah, since 11. Yeah, it's been a while. Do you know how many international students? I think, um, I would say probably like 30 plus. Wow. Yeah, like 30, yeah, 30 plus. Yeah, we've had so many people and it was, it's really cool to meet a lot of different people. So So did your dad ever try to cook like according to the cuisine of Um, He's tried, but a lot of them were like really open to Filipino food and like Canadian food. So it was a good experience. Yeah. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. It beats, it beats me eating a double every single night. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, one more. I'll take one more since I don't want to spend the whole hour talking about dinner table. I would love to hear from one of the boys. Uh, paper scissors. Sure. Oh. I'll go. <laughs> so uh, for dinner, we always we usually we usually have all five of us. So I have two uh, brothers, one younger and one older. And um, I remember when I was in Philippines, we always go back home to lunch for lunch to have everyone yeah. my mom would not give us like allowance for lunch or like prep us meal because she wants everyone at the table and yeah that's the the culture that um they said that ev- to have everyone there and the yeah. yeah wait even at school no like we would go home so my parents would go, oh, you go home, home for yeah. lunch. Oh, this was in the Philippines. Yeah, this is in the Philippines. Yeah, this is in the Philippines because you could go home for lunch. Oh, okay. yeah. Like yeah, two hours break or something. Two hours break. That's a great lunch. <laughs> two hours <laughs> break. Or an hour. What school did you go to? <laughs> yeah, wow. Fifteen minutes <laughs> nutritional break. No, it's an hour for <laughs> us. Hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that means you live near the school. Yeah, not too okay. far. Yeah. Wow. And who cooked all the time? Oh. uh... Uh, both of them, yeah. My dad likes uh, fried fish. <laughs> Brito mm. is that, so... Pangus. Yeah, we always have, the, uh, have uh, wow. something fried. <laughs> Going home. In Canada, you have like a 15-minute nutritional break. Is that the is that the 15 minute yeah, for lunch? 15-minute really snack break and then 30 lunch, 40, 30, 45, 45 wow. minutes. Yeah. That's why I was like, you ran. I'm not sure. It was, it's been a long time since I've been in elementary. So you can't go home. But in high school, you can't leave the school, right? Yeah, yes. too, yeah. Too, yeah. But it might, it's too much of a hassle sometimes, though. Oh, really? Yeah. So is it still 45 minutes for lunch break high school? I think oh, it's I an hour. It's oh, an it's hour, an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that in high school? Yeah. Because yeah. you wouldn't be allowed too. to. Oh, you'd be allowed to leave elementary. the school? Elementary. Okay. Oh. Wow. Independent man. Was your house like right beside the school? No, we really have to. <laughs> you lived at the school. <laughs> Two minute walk. We have He's to run in. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's nice. That's nice. Oh. I would have liked to eat lunch at home versus yeah. like a cold 
Just kidding. I love all the, the meals my mom prepared. <laughs> Her mom is no, listening right now. Mom, mom, if you're listening, I loved every single meal. <laughs> no, sometimes I get jealous too because all my friends would have money to buy food. Aww. And it's right there. It's always like And that. they always have like like a circle of friends to yeah. eat. Like, but no, I can't. I'm going home. You're, you're <laughs> Did you have like your mom stay, stay at school crew and then those that went home? Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's mm. true. Segregated between, between the two. Yeah. It's nice, though, that you get to go home. Yeah. And speaking, I just mentioned my mom earlier. I wanted to ask, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a harsh transition here, a bit of a harsh transition, but um, thinking about childhood, I think when I personally think about when I was a kid, there's a lot of fondness that I remember. I have a lot of fondness for the way that my parents raised me. But I think every single person has like a few things that they wished, like not they wish were different, but a few things that if I were to have kids in the future, I would like this to change. And that's not necessarily because we think our parents were bad parents. Yeah. yeah. We're I, not bashing parents. We're not bashing parents. <laughs> Love parents. I think there is just a natural sometimes shift in the way that parents have to parent with that's the way true. that the world shifts. That's true. And so this can just be generational differences. So when mm-hmm. we're answering this question, and if our parents are listening, I don't want it to seem like we're bashing on your parenting. It's just a sign of the times, I feel, when we talk about parenting styles that are different. Like giving Josh's example, like he was able to go home for an hour and his parents were okay with that. But I know my parents weren't okay with that. Yeah. And that's not a look on one parent was right, one parent that's was right. wrong. It was just a difference in the cultures that we grew up in. Yeah. So my question, I guess I'm going to throw it out to those who haven't talked yet, is when when thinking about raising your own children. A lot of us don't have children here, but in the future, <laughs> thinking about raising your own children. What is something that you would, um, I guess, want to replicate, like something you really appreciated your parents doing and you would want to do with your kids? And what is one thing that you're like, I need to change that um, for the kids that... Um, I want to raise, hypothetically speaking, because some of us don't have children, but it's kind of most thinking, most, <laughs> most <laughs> thinking into the future. So one thing that you would like to re- replicate and, and one thing that you would like to change. Yeah. So um, thing that I would replicate would be the unconditional love um, that they give and the sacrifices, all the sacrifices they did just for us. And the things that they gave up as, um, like, uh, you can't, like, measure it. And also to replicate that, to have God in the center of the family. This just should be my first answer, my bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, growing up, it was one thing that was really nice. And um, one thing to change would be um, comparison, mm-hmm. comparison problems. So all my life, I was compared through my siblings, other people, um, and uh, yeah, that, that you can't, don't compare. Every single child is different. Don't compare one sibling to another or to another person because it's literally going to build up um, anxiety, um, depression, or thinking that like, oh, I should not, I should live that way, right? Yeah. Or I don't have that thing in my life. So insecurities, it build up. So like you get really shy, you get really insecure to do things, but um, um, it's when you understand uh, 
who you are and what God tells you who you are, right? That's when he can fully use mm-hmm. you in the kingdom of God. And because like, oh, like they're asking me to do this, but like, I'm not that good. Or, you know, cause like all those things. No, no, no. Like we just really like dove deep there. <laughs> <laughs> can you give, can you give like maybe like some some examples of like comparisons that, that yeah, you yeah. heard maybe even growing up? Uh-huh. Yeah, like uh, um, like compared to my brother, like he's doing so good in school mm-hmm. or something like that. Or um, they got into like a better school or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or um, yeah. So but do they do they explicitly say like like compare or or is it like indirectly compare? I'm both. curious. I'm a little curious. bit both. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so even when I was an only child. Um, I didn't have any siblings to be compared to, but I definitely remember being compared, as as you said, too, in both ways. Like, oh, like, I think they were trying to make it a positive influence, but sometimes it's just that competitiveness or, like, I'm not good enough uh, sinks in because, like, oh, look at them. They can already do this at this age. And you're like, yeah. do you want me to? But I remember having a conversation with some of my friends in high school, and they grew up in Canada, and, and with their parents, they didn't really have that intense pressure um I don't sometimes I don't think it's like they're trying to exert it but they just want you to become the best you can be and I remember that they had very lax expectations placed on them and then they were even expressing a little bit of regret that I wish my parents would have pushed me a little bit harder because I know I didn't reach my full potential like I was allowed to slack off so what's the kind of balance that that you would implement of um of like yes, like I don't, I love you for who you are, and like I accept you, but like you can be pushed to be better because I I would want that as well. Like I don't want to be left like, like just as a kid. I think um, my parents found a good balance with that, but I definitely felt the sting as well. I think just from like the culture from where we grew up of um, like you should do well because your parents sacrificed so to make it worth it. Ooh, that's a whole yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. It, that's that's a good point there in terms of like, you know, how do you how do you put a balance of um, not being too lax but also mm-hmm. not pressuring but but I think I want to take a step back in terms of like sometimes understanding also as we grow up um, through, especially through teenage years, um, part of that development is actually finding out who we yeah. are. And in mm-hmm. those moments, yeah. you are so, we are so vulnerable because we're not sure of who we really are, who yeah. we want to be. And I think that sometimes when parents say things with good intentions because the receiver of those words mm-hmm. is not sure of who they are, that it it stings us mm-hmm. because it kind of highlights us more that we really don't know who we are supposed mm-hmm. to be. And so even though parents may not... Now, now granted, I'm going to be realistic. There are parents that really compare. And I have compare. met parents that really do compare. And so that we're not talking about that. We're talking about 
you know, uh, parents that really just want to push you to mm -hmm. be the best of, they see your potential, they see your capacity and they're right. Or, or they, they talk about, they celebrate the wins, the, they celebrate the achievements of someone and they're not necessarily comparing you, but because you're not sure of who you are, mm -hmm. that's how your filter is. Then you're, you're, you're feeling even more, there's a lot of insecurities growing up, right? That's, that's the natural process of growing up. Everybody goes through that. And I think, I think when it's valuable, though, at, in those moments that when your child, your future child is in that stage and then they receive your words as if you're comparing them, that it's important that they be able to express that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where the difference makes mm. because understanding intentions makes a whole difference in terms of like, are you trying to compare me with this? Then you can clarify mm. as a parent, right? So like give your child the tools to express. It's like, are you, do you mean this? Yes. Or you can further explain. Okay. Yeah, right. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I think, yeah, in terms of like having that medium or that environment where your child is able to express themselves, because that's such a big thing. Um, I'll kind of go back to the topic and everything like that. One of the things that my family did, which is not conventional from what I hear of other Filipino families, is that we have family talks and that if there's a conflict or if there's a fight, I remember even if I didn't even want to look at my dad or look at my mom, they forced themselves in my room and we had to like literally talk it out. I'm just like, oh, oh. <laughs> but like, yeah, <laughs> pass me, pass me, um, crying and like them explaining. And then if there was fights between siblings, like the whole family was there. And sometimes mm -hmm. it take the whole night just like talking it out. Mm -hmm. I think having that can really be a big medium yeah. yes. in allowing you to to understand because for my my parents they never really like had that express like oh you have to do this or like these like really like you know asian stereotype like a excellence sort of goals but they wanted it so that we did the best that we could like if we did a test you did everything you could to the best of your efforts if it's not as great a score as you want then that's okay because you tried your yeah. best yeah. Yeah. um so that was what i found for like for my family do i also have to answer the other <laughs> question no, too no. Yeah. i think it's more of like it's i think it's i think the comparison piece is really important yeah. because a lot of young people really go through that and and they even like struggle going past that stage yeah. Yeah. right like yeah uh at this point i uh sometimes like the what people think is really important to me because at young age like i needed yeah. I needed it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, especially when we hear people saying, like, what are they going to think if you do this, if you fail? What are they going to... Yeah. That is so... Yeah. Hard. That sticks. It sticks. Yeah. yeah. Did you... I think you wanted you to say, say something. something. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> sticks. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I, like, just adding on to that. Yeah, the comparison thing. I feel like especially when you're a kid, like, a lot of the things that adults and older people say to you, like tend to stick and I know for me like a lot of things that people have said to me when I was like five I still like kind of carry it mm -hmm. because it wasn't like addressed or if there was a conflict I had with my parents regarding comparisons we never really um kind of like talked it out it was just kind of like okay just forget about it but obviously yeah. that 
that wound is still kind of like festering, you know, and like I feel like it surfaces even greater when you're be- when you become an adult, yes. mm. where like now you have to deal with not just your parents but other types yes. of relationships, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So true. Oof. That's true. You yeah. were just getting on. It. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was leaning in even more. That's true. It bleeds into other it, it relationships. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Like you yeah. don't even notice it. Like I feel like I feel like this is probably another question, but like no worries. the 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 relationship you have with your mother or father, or if whether it was good or not, you can see it seep to seep into friendships, mm-hmm. your significant other, and even your kids later on. That's so it's true. yeah, it's really important to talk things out and <laughs> cut off conflicts. Yeah, I know. I think what you just said right now, like cut off conflicts. I think the problem comes when it goes unresolved. Yeah, I yes. think a lot of times when we parents and even individuals when we hurt someone our response is often to be like, well, I didn't intend it to be like that. And then it gets brushed off like that. Mm -hmm. And so the child, even though they really feel hurt, they're like, well, my parents didn't intend for that, but I still feel really hurt by that. Mm -hmm. And then that festers into... Yeah, I feel like sometimes kids can't even say things because parents will be like, oh, you're talking back, right? Like, I feel like a lot of people feel that. It's like you're talking back and like, it's like, okay, well, I can't express how I feel, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, okay, we can't solve it. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's such a big thing. It's like a respect thing. But yeah, exactly. We, we also are like, we're coming at it with respect. Yeah. Which is hard to communicate it's with, hard. with different, like, generations and different cultures. That's true. Because, yeah, like, sorry, dad. But, like, my, <laughs> my dad was a big, like, we really respect my dad. We have fear of the father. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a por- por- part where we also want to be able to express our side. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're trying to demean his authority or anything. But it's more so explaining our side, yeah. Um, yeah. and some, and that took years for it to like mm-hmm. get to a point where we're able to have that conversation. But yeah. we still have to go at it up at like with respect and mm. respecting his authority in mm-hmm. a way, which is such a hard balance, and it takes a hard balance yeah. because it's yeah. a hard balance with all the emotions. <laughs> yeah, too. of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think especially with our dad, when it comes to the respect thing, he always brings it back. Like, oh, when we were kids, like mm. we couldn't even say anything. Like, like we, his model. Yeah, like yeah. his model was like not being able to say anything that would criticize his parents. Mm. And so when we come at it from a loving place, like he has no model for it. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's where conflicts often often arise. But yeah, for me growing up, like I can totally relate to um, yeah. like uh, the talking back part mm-hmm. because I grew up with my grandparents in mm-hmm. Philippines, and uh, they're really old school. So, if any conflict, they're always right. So, mm. if ever I, <laughs> if, ever, yes. if ever I like you know try to explain, even just trying to explain, like you know, well, I'm just doing this because of that, you know. Low voice, you know, that's already talking back. Wow. Yeah. Even with low voice. Yeah, it's like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like oh, maybe yeah. you were not really. <laughs> oh, I was, I was uh, not very. Yeah, Respect- yeah. <laughs> Respectfully grumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With all due respect, <laughs> with eyes rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, as I like grew older, maybe like when I was like 17 and growing up and uh, spend more time with my mom, then, you know, as you grow older, it's easier to communicate with your parents Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. um, you can articulate more of your like emotions. You don't just like, you know, um, throw a fit, Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, not just cry all the time, but actually explain Mm -hmm. this is what's going on and uh, 
yeah, yeah. I'm explaining it to you right now. Hope you understand. Yeah. 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 So what if I'm crying while I'm saying? <laughs> what if I, I cry while I'm saying? Time. Yeah, explaining. <laughs> you can. I can do that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes you don't have to hold back your emotions. It's kind of like you know, that's what you're going through, and uh, you just yeah. like you know let it out to your parents. Mm. Yeah. They love yeah. you. They'll understand. Yeah, when I was writing my answers, I was like, oh, I'm just complaining what, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like my childhood. But, like, there's a lot of things that um, that's how they go, grow up. Exactly. And exactly. that's how they learn. And yeah. so, you know, like, obviously, they learned it. So they're going to. Yeah. That's what they uh, do. That's, that's what we're going to do. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that we can um, bring up and. Um, introduce to our parents. Yeah. To, That's true. To, That's so. true. Yeah. Parents learn and change. Yeah. They learn and parents change. change. Especially yes. with yes. as you grow older. Yes. It's difficult it's to difficult. do it, but yes. You know, yeah. slow and steady. <laughs> Have you guys ever noticed like a, a like a big change in your parents from when you were like a kid yes. versus now? It's so interesting yeah. to see it's really cool, your yeah. parents as a person. Wow. wow, parents like, as a person. <laughs> what? How did you see your parents before? <laughs> as my parents. So you, know, you know what oh. I mean? Yeah, wow. it's like mom and dad. And it's like, oh, like you are a whole separate human being with your own hopes, dreams, emotions. Aww. And yeah, it's so interesting. So like you can have a like conversation with them as an adult. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah, they learn too. They learn and evolve. Yeah. I mean, that was just an answer to one question. That was just one. And we went <laughs> deep. Did anyone else want to answer the question? Thank you, Josh. That really opened up a lot for the conversation. That's right. That's right. The original question was um, if you could change something from your parents, from your upbringing, from your, the way your parents parented you, if you could change one thing and then one thing you would want to replicate. For me, like to replicate, mm -hmm. like I said earlier, I grew up with my grandparents and... Uh, they they had a farm Aww. so like there was like every summer when i was like probably five until i was 11 uh, like we always go to the farm and like that's every summer like every weekend in the summer check out the farm so it's like you know exposing to the outdoors mm -hmm. you know like outdoor stuff so i think I, that like stuck with me and um mm -hmm. yeah that's something that i would do someday you know if i have kids like I would like bring them to BC, you know, BC. Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just had like a four-month sabbatical of like so picking mushrooms in the wilderness. Especially so. well, uh, like, context around this t like day and age too, where like you know, technology, technology yes. is just like it's it's like a rabbit hole where yeah, tunnel you can vision. Just Swipe up or whatever, like or scroll left. through. <laughs> Do it, <laughs> yes. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like my point is, like it changes the the mind when you're out there without That's any technology, because yeah. your mind, like your mind, tries to find something. I guess that's why, like we're, like for me personally, I'm susceptible to, um, like social media mm -hmm. because like I like okay, what's going on in the world and all that, but it's not really important, right? Like, there's no, um, well, you're just entertaining yourself, but when you're out there, like, in the wilderness, like, outdoors, it's just like, okay, I'm here, and, um, you know, like, you can appreciate, wow, 
this, like, you know, like the nature yeah. is so complex, but it's just like, it's there available, right? Like, I'd rather spend more time, like, outdoors than sit at home. Yeah, there's that's the one thing about social media. I feel like it's taken us from a community focus, which is... Um, I think more of like how our parents grew up because like the people you had around you, like were the people at school, were the people at your work or the people that you that you saw on the weekend. But now in I guess in the age of social media, it brings like a double edged sword of now mm. people feel like they're part of the global community. Mm. Like they feel more like that citizen of the world kind of thing. And then I feel like we're, we're less focused on, on it's like who, who is with me in the here and now and how can I directly impact like the people around me? Because I can say, I, I don't even talk to my neighbors. I kind of like hide from them, but like, or, or even just say hi and then quickly run in. But um, yeah, I just feel like, and then now people are way more drawn to, um, uh, people like them but far away Mm, that's true interesting Mm -hmm. so would you would anyone like would you say that do you think social media and the internet has made your relationships your friendships more authentic or would you say they've become less authentic what do you mean by authentic yeah define authentic authentic. (laughs) let me google it real quick do you feel as though the, the friends, the connections are real connections when they're online? Do you feel like it's the same as having like someone really in person there with you or even your in-person friends, mm-hmm. like how social media has played into mm-hmm. your relationship with your like in-person friends? Um, for, for me, for social media, I, it's like, like what Janelle was saying, it's like a du- double-edged sword where I'm able to keep track and get updated from like those who are further away, those who I don't see very often. And it gives you me a means of connecting with them through the comments or through their stories. But then it's also where it feels like there's always like, like people are trying to show their best side. Mm. Um, so you never really know how authentic it mm. is or how real the connection is. And really, I feel that the connection is through being able to see them in person. Yes. Like even like online friends who meet through online eventually meet in person. Mm-hmm. It's because not like they, there's something, exactly there's different, something about different about it. Yeah. it, being able to physically see them versus like social media. And I don't even like post that much on social media. So it's, it's different in that like I'm able to also use like Messenger on Facebook communicate with other people too and keep in touch but it's also like different seeing them in person and being intentional to see them in person if that makes sense for me like nothing beats in person like um there's that saying or whatever that uh the larger percentage of of communication is nonverbal, right so it's such a big aspect for me for me at least if i hang out with people in person like they're they're um um, the way their body language has like their own inflections, like their facial expressions. Yeah. So that that's really important to me. It's still kind of lost in Zoom, and I feel like I feel like that has definitely <laughs> hindered. <laughs> it's like a laggy face to face. Body language lagging. <laughs> I did not like Zoom. <laughs> You're like ha ha ha, and then yeah. later on, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not the same. Not the same. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I do feel like there's a certain. Um, I feel like some people 
can take the comfort in that it's not face to face. So I, I remember having conversations with people that are like, oh, I don't even know if we would talk about this in person because it's so mm. vulnerable, but you get to kind of hide mm. behind that screen. And it's so easy just to just to send it instead of like facing them. What do you think? I guess it's like, especially like what you said, mm. if it's you're not comfortable speaking in person with like that topic, like it gives you more time, right? There's like that yeah. buffer or like you can think and... Right, properly at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, social media is definitely a tool to like communicate. But as we can all agree, nothing beats in person. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nice to hang out, right? Yeah. Like in yeah. person. Like, this would be really awkward on Zoom personally for me if we were <laughs> yeah. recording Zoom podcast. Podcast, <laughs> podcast on Zoom. That's true. I think one thing that Brian mentioned that really stuck out to me, it's like it can be a good thing, like yes. being able to communicate online because it gives you a bit of a buffer to like talk about conversations or talk about topics that you wouldn't normally be comfortable talking with, be talking with in person, like being able to collect your thoughts and to send a text to someone. Sometimes it's easier for some people versus telling that to them in real life. But I also think that can have consequences. Yeah, should yes. you be able, should you be, should be, should you be texting people something you wouldn't be willing to say in to person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should not. Yeah. There's the answer. Spoiler, you shouldn't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wait Fair for enough. the metaverse where you can actually <laughs> the how was your day? Yes. I am quite triangular. Wait, let me change my outfit real quick. <laughs> change my view too. I want to change my hair. <laughs> I think this, there's definitely benefits, advantages to being able to communicate across thousands of yes. miles and keep that connection despite the distance right like some of yeah. our church is online yeah like yes. our church online yes. like we they've really grown a mm. lot even with just and there are times where we're like you know they haven't had corporate worship together and it's like these this is all on zoom and it's like but they're growing spiritually yes. and they find yes. ways i mean they do meet together um in Middle East, like mm-hmm. on their own, right? But in terms of like the discipleship, like that's happening. So there are yes. some advantages to that piece, but yeah, definitely different um, in person. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed, and I've talked a lot about the a lot about this topic with Myla, is that Myla and I have a shared experience of being connected online with friends in which sometimes our friends are in crisis or are mm-hmm. in cri- and they instead of going to their parents instead of going to someone in real life they often confide with other people their age online whether it's through texting or through FaceTime and so Myla and I have the shared experience of like talking down some of our friends from very like serious dangerous big emotion situations because we were available to each other yeah. on social media mm-hmm. versus like and that's is more safe to some young people than it is to go up to their parents and say I'm going through this hard time I'm going through all of this they instead try to confide with their friends and so I've heard from a lot of my youth that I handle at the church is they don't often know what to do with that that their friends will send them these big texts of like I'm going through a crisis right now and I don't know how to deal with all of this. And so there's one side where we're like, oh, social media can be a tool for us to to comfort Mm -hmm. someone and to share Jesus's light with someone. But I think it can also come to a dangerous point where people start to become codependent or young people start to get scarily codependent on one another instead of confiding in an adult. So I guess the question I'm 
putting out, just from my own experience, even asking on my own behalf of, of someone who grew up on the internet, internet, growing up on the internet, having these social media relations with my in real life friends, like what do you think is a healthy balance between helping your friend and being the light of Jesus in their life while also maintaining like a healthy friendship where you're not becoming too codependent on one another. Um, what do you think? Is there a healthy balance between that? Okay. I have Myla like... as my point person, okay. so if you um, wanted to take I've, this one. I've spoken with her about this many times. But I think one of the things that's so important is to set healthy boundaries. Because like even friendships, it's so easy to yeah. be like, you need to share everything. Or like mm. you have to depend on everything with your with whoever is in your friend group. But there comes to a point where you also have to be able to take care of your own health and be able to guard yourself against things that may like unintentionally harm you as a result of the friendship. And so like boundaries, being able to like also have those awkward conversations to express these boundaries, because at the end of the day, it's like you're not equipped and you're not educated to deal with some of these very dangerous situations. Like there's if there's things where um, like very dangerous um, scenarios that you are the sole person in charge, it really does a lot of, it can do a lot of damage to yourself and like guilt and remorse. Can we be like specific stuff? of the very dangerous? So where it's suicidal like suicidal ideation. Suicidal ideation. Yeah. Yeah. Suicidal. That was a, lo- a big thing. Or like very big panic attacks or anxiety attacks. Um, and you being the sole person is, to only be the person to reach out to is very dangerous because it's like you're just a kid yourself, but you have to parent another kid. Yeah, so we say it sometimes happens where like kids end up parenting other kids when they're not necessarily equipped to do that. I think though that that's not necessarily. Sorry, I think I'm the oldest in this group. So, but but I'm gonna say I don't think it's unique to this generation because even in our time when there was no social media, we would have friendships or relationships like that. Um, There's just not, it's not just, it's just not done through social media, but the whole codependency thing. I remember that I had a friend that just needed advice all the time and all the time like needed advice. It's like God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And, 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 And no matter how much advice you give, they just make their own choices that's completely opposite to the advice <laughs> yes. you give. And, and yeah. they become running crying again. And it's like we had those yeah. way before yeah. social media. I think social media just made it easier. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's always yeah. been those kind of relationships. And, and I was talking to... I was actually talking to Anna about this uh, on the way here that, you know, um, the, 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 sometimes the extreme reaction to codependency is independence, which is also not healthy because we are not designed. God did not design us to be either independent or codependent. He designed us to be interdependent. And the difference between that, between codependence and interdependent is that you understand your buckets in your soul. So you have this is just my mm-hmm. my you know through the years. Um, there, I, I believe that we have two buckets in our soul. One bucket is designed for relationships with people, and one bucket is designed for your relationship with God. And sometimes codependence actually happens when we put the bucket, the bucket designed for God, 
to our relationships with people instead of just the bucket with people for people to fill instead of using just that. So we expect what God can only fill. We expect it from others. Mm -hmm. That's when codependence happens. But interdependence is we're using buckets designed for our relationships because we were designed to be in relationship, in community, right? So there are things that you can contribute to my people bucket, my people relationship bucket, that God designed for you to fill. Mm -hmm. There are things in your people relationship bucket that I'm designed to fill, but I can never fill your God bucket. Mm -hmm. And that's where unhealthy relationships happen when people put in their God bucket and expect people to fill that. So that's where codependence happens. So I was explaining to Anna that, you know, when, when you are interdependent, you're coming into a relationship ready to contribute, not sucking. Whereas if you're in a codependent relationship, it's always sucking. And you're sucking from each other's buckets, right? That, that's the difference. And I don't know if you want to say anything so to like that. So in a practical sense, like how do you think that looks like to, to set those like, I don't know. Boundaries. Boundaries is, I guess, the word. I think it's having those awkward conversations that, that Milo was saying, yeah. right? Like, you got you, you to, gotta you gotta at one point, yeah. explain to them that what you are actually needing is something that I cannot fill. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Having yeah. those honest conversations. Mm. And I really would want you to be filled with that. Mm. Can I point you to Jesus? <laughs> actually, and that, that friend of mine that I was talking about in high school, I brought her to youth group, and... It did not really, you know, like it took time, mm -hmm. but now she's passionately serving the Lord in the U.S. Wow. Like she's so active and she like, she, I am just so glad that that seed was sown yeah. and she's learned to. Yeah. So I think having those honest conversations really. Yeah. And it's not fair that you're expected to be parenting yeah. the, your friends. Right. So you got to also be responsible enough to draw the line. I think. I don't know what you guys think. Someone else want to add on that? That was very well said. <laughs> <laughs> if no one has anything else to add, listeners, I want to introduce you to a brand new segment on this podcast, which is called Questions from Our Youth. Earlier today, I asked our youth a, if they had any questions for you guys here. I said that we have a panel of young adults, of young adults with us. What question would you want answered? And they had a lot of questions for you. So I'm going to play one for you from one of our, of our youth. And I would, I would love to have any of your opinions or, or questions or thoughts on it. I think. Let me find it. Do you remember what you were nervous about on your first day of school? Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, sorry. I almost played it again. <laughs> the anonymous person may be sitting about three feet away from me. Also anonymously. But if you didn't hear it, is this was anonymous person. Anonymous person. So they were nervous for their first day of high school. Do you remember being nervous for your first day of high school? <laughs> Brian, do you want to take that one? Yeah, well, I don't know if it applies to Anna because, um, like, she grew up here, so she has more experience with, um, like, with other people that grew up here. 
because when I went here, when I came to Canada um, 12 years ago, I was 17 and didn't know that much English and still trying to understand the culture, major culture shock. So I was, I was jittery. I'm just going to share this. I had my entrance um, like exam for ESL. And I was so nervous. I didn't know what to do with that. I just I just puked. <laughs> oh. I was that nervous. Oh. So. Yeah. No. yeah, like it was it was pretty intense. How did so, how did it go from being so nervous to the point of puking to to you graduating and having I hear you talking about your friends from from your high school a lot and you still keep in touch with them. Yes, uh, it was a very slow process. I didn't really I wasn't um, like I didn't had many friends, but I had few good friends. In throughout high school, and uh, one of them was Joshua. There you go. <laughs> the acute true um, friend. Yeah, the acute family. Um, the brothers were uh, we were in the same school, so um, we go way back. Yeah, <laughs> OG, um, Yanni, Josh, and then Earl. Uh, they were the first like Filipino students that um, kind of like welcomed me. Aww. So uh, it was pretty cool, and um, yeah. This slow process of like meeting people here and there, striking conversation, like practicing my English and all that. Mm -hmm. So until I'm like, still nervous, yeah. like he's high school here. Now he's on a podcast. So yes. now he's on a podcast. <laughs> so if someone someone like younger than you is going into high school and they're in your exact position, like what would what would advice would you give them? Um, like. Uh, <laughs> get it out <laughs> it's mostly like I can't give an advice that like properly I guess but it's more of like finding those people like the that could like help you go through that mm -hmm. and um, like to be honest it's probably tough in high school because like everyone's just figuring out who they are at the same True. time yeah. so you guys in the same boat, and some people are like way ahead in this, like you know, socializing and all that. But depends too if you're an introvert or an extrovert. That is true. There's a whole different dynamics going on there. So, but um, mostly, like, it's just, it's just the beginning. Like going through high school, it's like, That's it's true. It's like riding a roller coaster. Like pretty much with anything in life, I think. The approach is the worst. It's the worst. Right? Because yes. like, you're not, like, you're anticipating and say, oh my God, what's going on? Like, <laughs> did I wear, like, the right clothes? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, like, my Bible is closed compared to those, like, Nikes. You yes. know Wow. But, you know, being in high school, you worry about different stuff that eventually, like, when you grow up, it's like, oh man, yeah, why did I worry about those? It's <laughs> true. <laughs>
what if like a supernatural <laughs> event happened when my first year and this mysterious person got by herself to car right in front of me like ever cut up all these things but at the end of the day it's also just school <laughs> it's a lot similar to elementary just more things you have to juggle and just stick it with the people you know are gonna stick with you. Yeah, like that. I would say be malleable with your relationships. Like, um, expect that you will lose some and that you will gain some. Because yeah. I found in in high school, some of my elementary friendships were just because I was with them every day for yeah. every single class. For and, and that's why we were friends and that was our connection. But in high school, um, the ones that that are like the real relationships will stay mm -hmm. and then you will make more and don't be too sad or <laughs> yeah don't mourn it too much because yeah it's just gonna happen and some people are in your life for just a brief period of time and it's it's okay, it's okay. yeah I was just gonna say like don't change who you are just so you could probably have someone's approval yeah. um and That's I feel okay. like for me I'm so fortunate to have like a best friend I've had for like over 18 years and and I met different people in high school and what I realized is if you stay true and authentic and wholesome people that will vibe with you will just gravitate towards you and there's no point in like buying expensive clothes that you think other people will like because you won't wear them after and then they'll sit in the closet and your mom will get mad <laughs> <laughs> but fresh, yeah. fresh wound, fresh wound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm opening. But yeah, no, it's just, it's like high school is just four years of your life, right? There's so much more to, yeah, yeah. to, to, um, you know, like I was in this position too. I was like, oh, I have to fit in so people will like me. Mm -hmm. But now that I look back, that was just four years of my life and there's so much more in That's store. True. And so stay wholesome, stay genuine, and you will have really amazing friends that That's will so last good. you a long time. That's really yeah. great. I'd, I'd like to add to that. Yeah. It's um, like, you know, worry about your grades more than people. Mm. Period. <laughs> yes. Worry about your grades more than people. There you go. The grades last. The, parent, the parents will like this. Don't. I like that advice. Friends come and go. The parents watching are like, yes, you. yes. All thumbs up right now. Did you want to add Josh? Ditto. <laughs> All right. Second question. I feel like it does transition nicer. Our second caller for today comes from. Oh. My question is. Uh, oh. Hi, my name is. Hi, my name is Jay. <laughs> my question is, uh, what advice would you give to a young Christian who wants to date in high school? Ooh. Who do you want to date, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> caller number. Caller number sixty. Who do you want to date? <laughs> Anyone want to take this one? Any advice? Yeah. Uh, ooh, juicy. The juicy part. Ooh. We're getting there. The juicy <laughs> part. So the meat and bones of this podcast. <laughs> juicy is for Josh. Okay. <laughs> Don't flirt to convert. Period. Ooh. Josh, that he has abs. But <laughs> Josh has been to church. She's been to church. But Josh, his parents are Catholic. Oh. <laughs> True, true. But um, yeah, no, it's really important to find someone or um, intentionally, if you are ready, to uh, build a relationship that someone that's in your same level of Christianity or same level of faith. Um, that's when your values and um, 
what do you guys want to do your goal at the end that it's the same and um yeah if you are someone who uh ready think you're ready to uh get into a relationship seek god first um know who you are and what he said about you and don't get in a relationship because others because you're jealous right because others want to sign all the sign all thing um yeah and then um be single and secure and know that uh god wants for you right one thing I want to ask, perhaps it's a different answer for the girls versus the guys. Were you allowed to date in high school? No. <laughs> That's also no. No. I say no. Also no. What about the boys? Were you allowed to date in high school? Or was it even mentioned? Was it even mentioned? Was it talked about? Once. It was talked once, but uh wasn't really strict. Yeah. So were you allowed or not? You were not sure. It, was, it wasn't like Explicitly stated. Right? Okay. Um, but it was mentioned that like focus school first, uh, um, and like before getting a relationship and stuff, we can get into that yeah. topic. I would say, like, guys... what do you, what do you even want from the relationship? Is it something that you want to last you or is it just something to have fun for now? Is, um, it's like, mm. what are, what are your real intentions for, for wanting a relationship? Do you just want like the feel good <laughs> of just like someone who will like validate with you or just like chill with you or are you really looking for like someone that would would last you um past yeah and it's also like what's the end goal of the relationship too like we want the relationship at the end to go into marriage but then are you going to be able to do that and have those type of thoughts when you're in high school and you barely know where you're going in life? Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works Sometimes. out. I don't know anyone who had past <laughs> high school who were together in high school now, still together. But I don't know. I don't keep in contact with everyone. So maybe. I don't know. I do know someone who uh, grew up together uh, in church and developed that relationship. And In high school? In high school, like oh, they grew elementary. up in church, so like literally young. No, but then, they were not dating. No, they were not they, dating. Okay. So they built up a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> they were dating as they dating were growing up, three years old. <laughs> and then I think it was in the university when um, uh, that they uh, made it serious and confessed and everything like Aww. that. And yes, yeah, so I don't. I don't. I think there's a. Uh, you can find a good balance on, you know that like strict parents so like don't date in high school and stuff um yeah knowing your knowing who you are knowing your goals knowing who you want to be with will give you really good standard to um pick the right person or pick the person I know all the girls said no, but <laughs> did that no stick when your parents said you weren't allowed to date Yes. <laughs> I, I had a lot of mutual understanding relationships, mm. which I found out is called casual dating. <laughs> but now, is that is that correct? What? Describe oh. the mutual relationship. So mutual this, understanding back home, back, back home, you, back then, is like, you know, we're always talking for hours on the phone um, when they're when it's when it's lunch break or when it's when it's, uh, we call it recess, uh, you're together when you're, when the teacher's not yet there, you're together talking to get, like you're always together, but you're not really dating. And you're like, 
or already sharing everything in your heart and all of that stuff. And we were not allowed to date. So I remember my mom was probably starting to be worried because, you know, like I already told Anna and my kids this, so this is fine. Um, because there would be nights where I would be like, my parents would be like, hey, hang up the phone now. Hang, like, you know, this is not a cell phone, this is landline. <laughs> hang up the phone now. And I'm like, okay. And then I, I tell the person, hang up the phone, then call me after one hour and then I'll stay under the table and wait for the phone call oh I'll, I'll adjust the ringer and then we'd talk until like five in the morning and all that and I'm sure my parents knew so finally my dad had you know when he drove me to school like he had a talk with me that you know you have to be careful mutual understandings actually you know more it actually hurts more because you don't really know what your relationship is but and you have all these expectations blah blah, blah. so she he gave me a dad talk mm-hmm. and and that actually helped me take a step back and did not really cut off <laughs> But looking back, it hurt. It did hurt a lot. Like it yeah, hurts a lot. But I think what 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 really I think what really is uh, uh, the, what I would say to 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 Jade's question is that number one, there's nothing wrong with you liking someone, um, whether that person is a Christian or non Christian. Like liking is one thing, but I think when you start dating. There's a whole, it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And it c- actually comes with a lot more expectations that you were not expecting. Um, there's a lot of expectations in a dating relationship that you never saw before you entered in. And so I think that if you're ready to be surprised with a lot of expectations that's connected with your emotions and not just your emotions, but another person's emotions, um, Talk to your parents about it if you think you're ready to go into that. But I would always say, you know, pray about it, but also seek counsel. Seek um, input from people who have had more experience than you because they do carry wisdom. You know, make yourself accountable. Um, I did, When my dad gave me that dad talk, I did open up to my dad. And he's, he, he was basically like, yeah, we know. Like, yeah, we know. Like, they all Parents know. Parents always like, know. Ooh, like, really? They see the phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> the phone bill. Right? Like, but, but who are you kidding? But then it, that's the thing, is that there's a lot of risks that, number one, physically and emotionally, you're not yet de- fully developed to be, to be facing those yeah, risks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's the one side to this, is that it's not just whether your parents allow you or not. It's your, your brain, let's just go into physiological development. It's not fully ready to enter into those kind of commitment levels and expectations and risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called the talking stage. We have our Gen Z, oh, yeah, Gen yeah, yeah. Z expert talking stage. Yeah, I think we call that now the talking stage. I was so confused back home because we call it MU. I was like, yeah, MU. It's a, la- it's a label, right? I was like, what is MU? Mutual like- understanding. But yeah, we had a different slang for it. It's yeah. like, <laughs> Still MU. It's like, <laughs> the, the direct M-U. translation is, it's like you're on oh, yeah. together. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. People now just say like, oh yeah, we're talking. Oh, that's yeah. what they talking. mean. 
yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> Unlock. <laughs> now you know. Now so talking. that's what they call it, talking stage? At least when I was in high yeah. school, I remember calling it the talking stage. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we're just talking. We're just talking. Yeah. That's true, because there's no real commitment, but you know you're like... Oh, that's what it means. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's the thing, too, is that you, you, you're in the talking stage, right? And I always say to my kids, men and women interpret this stage very differently. Like, maybe to the guy that I had this talking stage with, maybe he really he was, was just, just talking. He was yeah, just talking. Just talking. And to me, I'm like, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because we never dared to enter into that conversation of defining the relationship. But I think this is where the boundaries come in as yes, well. Yes, the boundaries. Yeah, because I think we were talking earlier and we were talking about how um, you think you're just friends with somebody and then they hit you with the, I have something to tell you. And then you're like, no. Yeah, and it's, and it's just because, like, like, this is a person that you've, like, you, you've told them, like, really deep stuff about yourself. So you feel, like, that deep emotional bond and then, like... Christine can elaborate more on I find that when a guy opens up to a girl sometimes and he finds that space to really talk, he interprets that immediately as a romantic connection. And he'll immediately be like, oh, I like this girl. She listens to me. But girls really? girls with other girls find that with other girls all the time, yeah. having that yeah. like deep friendship. And so it can be very platonic where they talk to a guy and, and, and it can be platonic. But then, and it can go deep. From my experience, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. it's different. And it's just me, like, letting the guy rant, for example. But he already interprets that as, like, oh, she listens to me yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> Is that true, guys? I agree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just say it. <laughs> well, it depends on how much, like, the guy likes the girl. So it's kind of like every little conversation, I'm like, oh. Oh. Do you think girls and guys can be, be friends? friends? Yeah. But it has to, but it can't go deeper, right? What do you think? Is that what's uh, the, uh, what's called uh, the friend zone? <laughs> 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 you think a girl and guy are friends, does it immediately translate to friend zone to guys? No, I think there's a lot of scenarios. Uh, <laughs> oh! I know oh. Like, <laughs> And then the girl keeps saying no, and then at the end of the day, that girl end up saying sure, and then they like have babies and kiss. <laughs> Would that like would send some type of signal to you, or you're like? No, uh, 
Really? If I would like pursue really? someone, I would know um, situation. who she is. Like I would like you know I'm interested in you, and because you know obviously follow God and like if like if that girl you know has a guy best friend yeah it's not it's you. okay it's not a deal it's okay because I trust her she's Christian mm. right <laughs> but, no but, okay, like, we're back to but like but like she okay. followed God and she has like sins and stuff but like if um she's gonna do that then like obviously it's better for the long run right because we don't have the same values and the same um angle and stuff right what you yeah. what if you were like uh you liked a guy and you were getting close but then he's like i have a girl best friend well honestly um i really because i have like platonic friendships with other men and it's like brother sister type of thing so it's really possible but i guess i would just be like oh you're best friends and i i i honestly like if if i i really like him and um I trust them enough, and if they, for example, they've been best friends for a long time, I don't think that's a huge deal breaker for me. That's only, I don't know, it's, I guess it's a case by case basis, yeah. but for me, I really think that opposite genders could be friends, you know, and yeah, yeah it's possible. Like, not every, I'm pretty sure not every, listeners, not every guy that wants to be, like, wants to have that girl as his girlfriend, I'm sure he just really just wants a, a friend, right? Yeah. 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 Not, we can't paint all guys as, like, oh, he just wants a girlfriend, you know? Trust I'm going to be my guy's best friend. I'm just going to put that out there. I was like, sorry, I'm going to be your best friend. I want to be my boyfriend's best friend. Yeah. 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 Trust plays a huge part of it, so. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, okay, I'm the total opposite. I would... That's like kind of a deal breaker. Same, I would say it. Kind of. Kind of, yes, it is a deal breaker. I think there, there are people that can, I, I think, think it's different. Close. That, yeah. No, I think it's different, like with Angel. Um, I think there are people who can handle having their spouse or a girlfriend, uh, sorry, having their boyfriend have another best friend. I, I think for that's you, if you can do that, then. You know, it just really depends on the person. Yeah, yeah it really depends, depends on the girl. And yeah. it depends on who this best friend is. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? I'm the best friend or best friend, you know? Right? Again, watch my best friend's wedding. <laughs> okay, I'll watch that. <laughs> you know what I saw online? It's like, like whenever you think, you think it's okay, like, girlfriend, boyfriend, but have you ever heard, like, like a, a husband, husband having a girl best friend or a wife having a guy best friend? That's not the significant Like a other. brotherly type? I don't know, just maybe food for thought. No one has to really answer anything. No, I think, like, as their relationship like progress you know before marriage i think like if let's say my girlfriend would have like a guy best friend i would set boundaries at that point like i would yeah. tell them very right away. very yeah. good yeah, yeah of like, course like of course like it's you know like we're just i guess sometimes like especially when we're down like we see things and we interpret it like you know that's right like mm-hmm. we exaggerate what we like what we that's see true. and mm-hmm. it just gonna create more conflict so that's right in order to avoid a conflict i think it, it should be like a discussion yeah communicate and don't assume yeah yes. yeah. yeah so good yeah i want that on a shirt that is yes so, that's a t-shirt that, that, can we change the name of the podcast we can make a t-shirt <laughs> i like that i like that assume. first episode but i think i think that's key like as the relationship progress like as as it develops deeper i think that the best friend dynamic should shift yes from and i think it it should be a natural progression, right? Because I, I you wouldn't want your your girlfriend or fiance or your wife to yeah. be confiding 
yeah. to another guy or yes. your right or your or your husband to be confiding to another girl when you're not okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's healthy. Um, I think that that's, that opens up a lot of doors for unnecessary conflicts in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like having a third wheel in, third wheel yeah. in your marriage. Yeah. That's right? what I was like, and me, you, and this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this girl. Like, that, that does, but, but I think that at the very beginning stage, you also can't say, well, we can't be in this relationship. Exactly. You have a best friend. Yeah. I, think, I think you just it's, have to. It's going to evolve, of course. Right. Yes. You, yes. you will just have to go for it, like have that communication yeah. mm-hmm. piece, right? That's good. Yeah. Any thoughts, Myla? Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Christina Janelle. Well, I remember when we were, when I think the kids were already, both kids were already born and I had a real good friend and, and, um, he, he was based in Manila, right? And he called me at 11 in the evening and he, and your queen up was really livid. I was like, <laughs> no guy is going to call you at 11 o'clock in the evening because it's just not appropriate. Like mm. it's, you know what I mean? Like we were friends and, and there was no way we, it would be more than that. But that was not, again, setting boundaries, yeah. right? And that you have to honor your partners. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like tell your boyfriend or girlfriend, if you're uncomfortable, just yeah. tell right. them. Yeah. That's right. Very true. Yeah. Don't assume. Communicate. Exactly. Communicate. Don't assume. Communicate. Don't assume. All right. Any other thoughts with this one? Or else we're going to go to our third, third caller. Perhaps the last caller, depending on how much time we have left. All right. I will play it for everyone here. Hi, my name is Jeremiah. And what would you do if the person you like is not a Christian? Oof. Um, <laughs> an oof has come from off stage. What would you do if a person you like is not Christian? What's more important to you? Yes. Mm. That's yeah. all for today's episode. I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like at the end of the day, what's more important? Because you know that if you really know what the truth is and what, like, the Bible says about relationships, you would know that that's just yoked. Not good. That's not a good path to go down because it's just not not good. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like, I think it depends on like what. Like if I could elaborate yeah. Janelle's statement yeah. on what is more important to you, I think it's it's what is your goal, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, I do know someone that they would say, you know, well, this person does have a little bit, you know, they're open. This yeah. mm-hmm. they're open. Um, okay, but here's the thing: in a, in a relationship, especially in a marriage. The deepest connection is actually not physical, it's spiritual. That's true. The di- deepest connection you have with a person is spiritual. And and if if you are the person that you are fine settling with just mental connection, intellectual connection, I mean intellectual connection, emotional co- uh, connection and physical, then okay, I guess you but if you really want your relationship with God to mm. grow and be cultivated in your new relationship, mm. then that really just defines your criteria, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. And your your boundaries. That really that really sets your standard. Yeah. That yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with liking someone. Like I like a lot of people, but I don't. <laughs> who are right. not Christian, but yeah. like like what Janelle said at the end of the day, what's more important to you? Yeah. That's true. And even if, okay, if your end goal is to end up with this person, like, is your end goal to just, like, chill for a little bit and then 
like play with each other's feelings and then deal with that? Or is it, or is it like really a marriage and then like in, in marriage, cause you guys are a team, right? So you're going, you're already going into it as like you and your person versus, and God versus your problems. So, um, when, when you're unequally yoked, that's how the Bible puts it. When, when, um, you're not pulling the same kind of load because they're not at that same like spiritual, like, th- yeah. like hunger as you, yeah. Or level as you, um, so it's it's already causing a rift. Like right from the beginning, you're fighting from like, or you're gonna fight your problems from a different angle. And it's like, like with all of the strife and um, like things that can can come at you during marriage, like you're already starting from a disadvantaged point. Yeah, and like like is it is a matter of like, are you trusting that that like God has someone? Or there, that there is someone out there, because like, okay, for me, from a girl perspective, when when you choose your like partner, like this is gonna be somebody that is like, the spiritual head of your family. Like I like personally, like I've gone to the point where that's like my non-negotiable. Like I want my if I have like, children, I want them to be like protected. I want them to be covered. I want them to to be prayed for because yeah. I think like that's the most important sphere to me and just to find someone that like because you can have chemistry with a lot of people and i've experienced it too and it kind of like it can like like hurt you a little bit because you're like oh like i vibe with them so well and then they make me and then they check up all the boxes because honestly i've had that kind of like experience in my life where i found somebody that checks like all the boxes of like your dream like significant other when you're younger it's like everything except god like mm-hmm. yeah like, like they were a christian but um you know it's like like christian by name but they're not pursuing like like you are like like they will not be at the same level so like i feel like god really made me choose that it's like like what do you think like this is what you wanted but like i'm not in it so, so yeah, yeah. Something that I always say to Milo whenever this topic comes up and to myself is like, a boy is never worth dimming God's light. Like, Ooh. no boy. That's another another t-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirt, t-shirt. Like, no boy. Even, even when it, like, yeah, the spirit. Like, no boy is worth diminishing what God has in store for my life. And I just know Ooh. that I'm the person that, like, if I were to get with someone who was not a Christian, I'm a very, like, by nature, a people-pleaser person. So I know that I would intuitively dim down what God is doing in my life because I don't want them to, whatever, feel uncomfortable. Uh, I don't want them to, they don't understand what it is. So that's where I personally come at it from. That, like, no boy is worth it, no matter how pretty, no matter how nice, no matter how, you know, much they check all your boxes, it won't be worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yes. Any other thoughts on that one? What about hypothetical? What about if someone is in a relationship with someone and they're both not Christian, but then one of them becomes a Christian at some point in the relationship? Do you think that they sh- should break up with like break the relationship up, or maybe that's a different kind of That's actually your Queen Ash story. <laughs> They were together. They were together when he got saved. And oh, no. 
The Other Woman. That's another movie title. But yeah, they were in that relationship when he actually got saved and had that powerful encounter with Jesus and, and went home and he's like, okay, I guess I'm not. Because in that relationship, the girl was also a druggie. And so he knew because Jesus set him free from drugs, like he knew that this relationship's not going to work because they were in that relationship, not just for, you know, the physical thing, but also because of the drugs, like that was their main connection to drugs. And so um, when he went home, he, he broke, broke up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all knew because he asked us to pray for her. Pray for me because I'm going to break up with this relationship. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, because I mean, it depends too, right? Like I'm giving a very extreme example, a real life one. But I mean, if that relationship, you know, so many stories actually of of men and women of God where one one spouse got saved first and then they brought Mm -hmm. their spouse to church and then that spouse encountered Mm -hmm. Jesus as well. Because like they're marriage. already married. Marriage. They're yeah. already married, yeah. But, I mean, if you're still in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, yeah, ideally, you know. Would you advise, like, if someone came up, like a young person came up to you, would you advise them to break up with their boyfriend? Well, I would never advise. I would always just say what the Bible says, yeah. and you make that decision, That's right? True. That's always our, our the way we do it. It's like... They'll say, you know, should I break up? Okay, well, this is what the Bible says. Do not be equally yoked because there is a reason for that. You are Mm -hmm. yoked up together. And all the more when you are, when this relationship has become like sexually um, connected too. So that even is, that creates a lot more, a different pull Mm -hmm. um, because there is a bond there that, and so when you're trying to serve Jesus and you know that, this relationship has had you, you know, really been compromising a lot, then that's pulling you in a different direction. But we do know we had our youth leaders before when I was still in the youth group, we had a youth leader where they were a boyfriend, girlfriend, the girl was got saved. And then she kept bringing him to youth Mm -hmm. group. And then he actually had an encounter with Jesus. So I think that I don't think there's a one blanket statement. I think you really have to pray and ask the Lord and seek counsel. Yeah. Yeah. I asked that question as though I didn't know. When I was 13, I had this thing with a boy and he wasn't Christian. And I called Pastor Happy at 3 a.m. because well, I was so in thing? turmoil. What's this thing? Turmoil. And she gave me the exact same advice. Another term. <laughs> Another turn. Yeah, Any but... other thoughts on that one? If not, Josh, oh, you've been no, I think it. I'm happy I said it, explained it really well. But like, there's different scenarios. Um, because then, like, you know, if you if there's a couple that's just, like, no drugs, like, just nice to each other. <laughs> no drugs. Really drugs out of the equation. <laughs> no, they're, like, really, really good people, you know? It's just, like, but, Can like... be good without God? Another, other topic. <laughs> yeah, um... I don't know. <laughs> oh, just shut you down. No. no, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. yeah, that's that's the that's the nature of that relationship of that youth, those youth leaders that I was talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were very respectful towards each other. They really kept their relationship, you know, um, pure. And even though they were not yet saved, and then when one person, when the girl got saved, that's when she started bringing the 
boyfriend and they both got sick and they became yeah so i think that there's no formula i think there is the principle of god right Mm -hmm. and you do need to seek god and if you really want to obey god you know god will honor those who honor him Mm -hmm. and so if that that relationship is really meant to be like but you put honoring god first you know god's gonna bring that person to him if he really wants you with that person right so how do you manage your feelings towards that's a good question yeah you run (laughs) (laughs) just run change your name leave from temptation leave the country that's a good that's a good point i think you have to define are you feeling a feeling or are you feeling lust that's right, right. Oh, yeah. so there there it could be a feeling like <laughs> butterfly <Okay, feeling>. Mariah. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with physical i mean like you, you you how do you manage those feelings but when it comes to physical lust like there's a reason why paul said to timothy flee not walk not stroll not resist flee because you can't underestimate sexuality your the power of your God-given sexuality. And so, yeah, I don't know if that, which one, which feeling did you mean? <laughs> I think it's okay to have a crush. I think so. I, think I had a crush on Freddie Prince. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about crush? I think it's okay to have a crush. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's my way. All right, we're approaching our 90 minutes here. They keep flashing a, a, a sign, our lovely, our lovely backstage crew here. And I know I didn't prepare this in advance, and perhaps this might take you a bit off guard, but I do want to give a sign-off. I don't want to give an awkward goodbye. So if everyone could just give a sign-off and perhaps um, answer the question, uh, let's go with an advice to give... For someone, oh, that's too much, that's too much, that's too much. Um, maybe just like a piece of advice that you remember that you take with you, that you remembered maybe in high school, remembered for some of the of the topics we talked about today. And advice on relationships? Sure, let's do that. Relationships. Oh, just in general. Or just in general. I was thinking in general. I think I think what we did touch on, what we, what we did touch on tonight, but we had planned on touching, and this is what I'll share with the advice is the whole um, relationship with yourself and being confident with who you are. And I think the best advice that I've really received was from my mom where, um, you know, my, you know, she was so big about the value of confidence and character, that it's your character and your confidence that really overpowers whatever outfit you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like for her, your best fashion statement is your character and your confidence, the way you carry yourself. So it doesn't matter if you're wearing just a t-shirt and shorts, but if you're respectful, if you're kind, if you're smiling, if you're bringing joy, then you're beautiful. And um, if you're, if the way you use your words about other people, you're be- they, they were very emphatic about that, about how you relate with yourself. So they were not, I really appreciate that because there was no pressure at all in buying fancy clothes. I did not grow up with that kind of pressure in terms of like making myself look really nice. And, and like, you can look at all my pictures. I didn't look nice, <laughs> but, but 
but I always, that stuck to me. It's my confidence and my character that is my best fashion beauty, beauty regimen. And so that's the best advice I, I would like to pass on to a lot of young women. Let me reword my question. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given or a piece of advice that you hold on to? Yeah, best of your advice would uh, know the triggers of your problem. Okay, so we all get, we all have problems, and we are gonna get hit with those things in a certain period of our life. And to um, to not like taking for granted about them, and to know what triggers them mm. could be social media um, and stuff. So and seek God first and what he says about that mm. and yeah what at the happy said about knowing yourself and what god tells you about yourself amazing what about you angel i was just gonna say um ground yourself uh in christ and have the proper foundation um you know a lot of people come and go in our life and if you have your identity in christ and on other people when these people leave parts of your soul won't leave with them right and so if you know if you end a relationship or whatever you may feel hurt but you're not broken right Mm. yeah you have so many t-shirts. I know. <laughs> t-shirts. Okay, you may be hurt, but you're not broken. broken. Oh, yeah. Christ. I love oh, I like He's okay. <laughs> She's broken. Um, my turn. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I blanked. I had something and I totally forgot. Um, I think a piece of advice, and this is me just speaking to my past self too, is like, don't be afraid to be accountable to someone. Mm. Um, it's so dangerous and so easy to bottle everything up mm-hmm. and just brush it off as it'll be fine but be making sure to take the extra step because you're oh you're gonna fail and you're always gonna be falling short you're not perfect so having people around you who'll be there to be you'll be accountable to is so important in your life and for everyone, whether it be different things that you're going on that you need prayer for, don't be afraid to reach out to those people um, because they are there as a resource and as an asset to you. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Great, Brian? Um, for me, um, when I was in high school, um, I had an advice that I took like as a warning kind of thing. It's like, Wherever you go, whatever like your state is in, I guess mentally or in your heart, wherever you go, you'll be the same. Like don't expect like other places will kind of change that. And I, I was like, I was really bothered about that until like um, I came to CLC and got saved, and it made me realize that like it's about the heart, mm-hmm. right? So it's like whatever's in your heart. If you don't examine it, like no matter no matter uh, where you go, mm-hmm. it's still gonna be the same. You're still carrying that in your heart. So it's uh, yeah. That's yeah. I guess for me, like Josh, as I was panicking, Josh was telling me what advice you would give to your 15 year old self, and then I I would say don't be afraid to be different. Because I spent so much of my younger years just resenting who I was and just, like, who I was, like, finding myself to be. But I would say, like, um, just having 
just knowing God's identity for me and having that lead the way was everything. And just like, it's like, oh, like if this is the one who made everything, if this is what he says about me, like, don't, don't be afraid. Like I've spent enough time resenting like who God made me to be. And yeah, just, um, yeah, don't be afraid to be against the flow. He said, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You're going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to feel like this longing because like the Bible says, it's like the eternity deposited in your heart. And what you, what you really like long for deep inside is to be reconnected back to him. So if you have him at the forefront, like don't be afraid to be who you are because you are the culture changer. Like you are the one in your school, like you are like the light, the salt and light of the earth. So yeah, don't shy away from it, but embrace it because that's what he put you here for. Amazing. From someone saying, oh, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> so wow, that's good. so good. Panic, yeah. panic. Yeah. There you go. Um, mine, uh, you know, if you want to. My best piece of advice is to like and subscribe. <laughs> um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our Champion Life Center Guelph right here on YouTube. We come out with uh, weekly sermons that are both video and audio format, and we will be coming out with an episode too soon. So um, subscribe and stay updated for that. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, make sure to follow this um, account, this music, this podcast account to be updated right when we, we release our second episode. I believe when we release this, the second episode will be released the following week if all goes according to plan. So please look forward to that. Thank you for staying with us for the past, I believe it might be 100 minutes at this point. Uh, we hope that you were blessed and I pray that God would continue to bless you wherever you go. God bless you.